see. Does this seem loud or is it just me and the... Okay. Um, I got to title this. This was kind of fun. Instead of just calling it the fruit of the spirit, I decided to give it a title. Being an ambassador for Jesus. Because that's what this is really about. And I've asked the Lord, we read this book by Joyce Myers, our ladies group did. It's called The uh, Secrets to Exceptional Living. And I read it probably back in February. And I just got so on fire. And the Lord just talked to my heart so greatly. And I had such a passion. And I'm just praying that I can get that across to you and speak so you can understand what I'm saying. And I'm hoping I won't trace, chase any rabbits or anything. And I figured I'd get up here and get nervous. So I wrote down Brother Corner's name, Brother Ward's name. I even put my husband's name down here just in case I forgot who he was. <laughs> But anyhow, the first thing we're going to notice, oh, first let me go up here about ambassadors. When I study, I love to look up the meaning of words because in doing that, it gives you a greater understanding. Uh, an ambassador is the highest ranking diplomatic representative appointed to one country or government to represent it in another country on a temporary assignment. Think about that. We're here representing him for a temporary time. And we want to make sure that when we represent him, we do it so it gives glory to him and that we do it in the proper way. Um, the first thing we're going to notice about the fruit of the Spirit, I had them put up there, is there is no S after fruit. There are nine of them, but we are required to cultivate all nine. We don't get to pick and choose. Um, the reference is taken from Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, which is self-control, and against such there is no law. When we've read this, I know, a hundred times, and we've heard it spoken about, but how many is really studied it, really just delved into it and, and asked the Lord, how do I apply these in everyday life? And that was the unique thing that Joyce Myers did in this book. She took a chapter on each fruit and Brother Ward and I are going to take turns teaching on those fruit. But I'm just laying a foundation tonight. All nine fruit are the characteristics of Jesus himself. And this lesson is going to help us to portray that character to the world and the people around us. One of the things Joyce Myers had in her book was, many people whose gifts move them into a place they desire haven't developed the qualities they need to remain there. Or they may stay for a while at a certain level where their gifts took them, but never move beyond that. And this is one of the things we're talking about here, and we've seen it. If you've been in church long enough, people operating in the gifts, but they haven't developed any fruit. And those kind of people can be very dangerous because everything we do the basic foundation's got to be love that's got to be what all even the fruits coming from is love um, the fruit is for us but not us only it's for others but it will help us in many ways as we'll see we need the fruit of the spirit to keep us in that place that the gifts of the spirit would take us but the fruit will continue to help us grow deeper does that make sense 
we can get the gifts of the Spirit and just kind of level off. But the fruit of the Spirit is going to help us go deeper into those things. We may have already obtained the goal. Some of us, maybe you don't have a problem with this, and you've already got the fruit operating in your life, and you're wondering, why do I need to listen to this again? By learning and listening, we can help someone else by telling them how the fruit works and how to become successful at developing and in their life. One of the things I've learned, you can know how to do something, play an instrument, uh, sew, crochet, knit, but doesn't necessarily you don't necessarily have the skill to teach that to someone else. That takes a whole different skill set. But what I'm hoping to do in this, and what I feel like Joyce Myers did in her book, she didn't not only tell us we need these, she taught us how to apply them, but also give us an understanding of how to explain that to a new convert when they come in. Can we tell them how to express those things and uh, those fruit of the spirit in their life? Learning is not for us only. It's so we can learn how to explain it to others. Um, here I'm just going to be a little transparent and admit something. I have found myself, especially through the years, hearing a message I've heard for the hundredth time, and my pride kicked in. Why do I need to listen to this? I already know. And I check out. This is something the Lord has just recently laid on my heart. If we will allow ourselves to be taught things we feel we already know and keep a humble spirit about ourselves, he will reveal deeper levels of understanding about that. Even though we may know Acts 2.38 and you might be able to quote it backwards, but if you keep a humble spirit when it's being taught one more time, God can reveal, pull another layer back and reveal something deeper. Um, you know a tree by its fruit. You have an apple tree and it grows cherries, you got a problem. And another thing, if your apple tree, year after year, when you go to pick it, is full of worms and they're rotten, eventually you're going to cut that tree down to start all over. Matthew 12 and 33 says, either make the, good, the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. We need to work to assure we represent Jesus correctly to the world. For many times, and this is something we got to remember, many times these people out here, remember when we're out there, Starbucks or Walmart or wherever we go, a lot of times they're not going to walk through the doors of our church. We're going to be all of Jesus they might see. And what are they going to remember? We need to not only produce fruit, but we need to be able to affect the lives around us with that fruit. Love has long-reaching branches. For instance, a smile or a gentle response to someone can go a long way. Many times we do not realize what we've done with a kind or a harsh word to that person that day. We have no idea. We need to ask the Lord. It's something I, and these things, I, I'm not taught, I wish I had a mirror up here because the Lord has dealt with me about these things. I'm not there yet. I'm still working on these things. So I want you to have that perspective that I'm not saying you guys. I'm saying us together, work together. Um, but we need to ask the Lord, change my perspective of that angry person. If you've ever had a pet and it got injured, 
I had this happen with one of my cats. Raised that cat from four days old. That cat knew I loved it. It knew it could trust me. But I let it out, and a tomcat jumped it. And my cat didn't have claws. So I went out immediately, got the tomcat away, and went to reach down to gather up my baby. Bit, <laughs> bit a hole in my thumb. It didn't mean to. It was hurting. It was in pain. And these people we run into are just like animals sometimes in that they're hurting and they're in pain and they're lashing out. And if God could help us look through a spiritual perspective and see, look beyond the harsh words, the nasty attitude, and there is somebody in there crying out. Um, something else Joyce had in her book that I wanted to quote. It says, we can cultivate all the fruit by focusing on love, the first in the list of nine, and self-control, we don't like that one, <laughs> in the last of the list. Love and self-control are like bookends. They hold all of the rest of the fruit and the spirit in the place. All of the fruit issue from love and actually are a form of love, but they are kept in place by self-control. Here I wanted to read something to you that will help you and help us, sometimes help us understand, but help us to understand these new converts that will come in. Uh, sometimes we may not wonder why the fruit is where, and this was something I had, the Lord had to show me about myself. Sometimes we wonder why the fruit is not working in our lives as it should. We've prayed about it, we've studied about it, but it's not working. It may be you're living in a self-preservation mode meaning you're protecting yourself because of past hurts or past abuses. Here, with God's help, you will need to forgive those involved in your past. And this is something for us to understand for other people, if it's not for you, to help them. We need to forgive those in our past. That doesn't justify what they did, but it sets you free and releases you to begin a healing process by the hand of God. You will also have to learn to trust and have faith in God's love and his protection for you and have a trust for his word because the Lord loves us individually so much. He hungers so much to touch each of us where we're at. He knows everything about us. Um, the soil has to know. For you guys that farm or plant or have little rose gardens or whatever, I am not... <laughs> I kill most everything. But one thing that came to my mind is the soil has to be plowed and fertilized to be healthy enough to sustain growth. The fruit of the Spirit is not going to develop, even if they got the Holy Ghost. There's got to be a work done in their life for that ground to be fertilized to sustain those seeds and bring forth growth and fruit. Um, Something the Lord kind of showed me is uh, flowers, uh, uh, morning glories come to my mind. You ever seen a morning glory in the morning and it opens up when the sun comes out and shows all its beauty, but at night when the sun goes down, it closes back up. Where there are going to be people that come into our congregation that are going to be like that, except when the sun comes out in our service, they're going to stay closed because they're hurting and they're afraid. And it's going to take a move of God to help them to begin. And trust. They've got to trust us. If they don't see the fruit, you can operate in the gifts all day. And they're going to stay shut down. 
So the Lord's going to help us with that so people and he can trust us. When we walk in this dimension, God's going to open some doors for us because then we're in a place where he can trust us. We need to be motivated by love. And it might be difficult to operate in the fruit of the Spirit. But even when love is in operation, there's going to be times when we will not feel patient or kind or joyful or peaceful. And that's where we'll need self-control. There are some times that you're going to not... I wake up and I don't feel nice all the time, okay? (laughs) I don't know about you. Maybe you do. I know some other people that don't wake up nice either. (laughs) Take some couple hours. That man, I don't like to go on trips with him. It takes him two hours into the trip to wake up and start feeling like, okay, I feel nice now. (laughs) That's the only only example, baby. (laughs) But there are times when you feel that way. You don't feel nice. And that's where self-control comes into play, where you make up your mind, I am going to be kind to this person even though I don't feel like it. You, choo- you have to choose. You have to mentally choose. It's not going to be easy in the beginning. And we'll have to ask Jesus to love with his love. And that's something I have prayed. Lord, help me to love people with your love. Because I'm sorry, my love is selfish, self-motivated. What can you do for me? Oh, and if you hurt me. Well, we got to grow past that. That's what God's trying to teach. we got to grow past it doesn't mean where you done told a, a precious sister something to pray about, and the next thing you know, God and all of the church knows. <laughs> you forgive them. You love them. And you may not give them all of the prayer requests next time. Just pray for me. But you still love them. You still let that fruit come out. Um, we got to remember that the fruit may not always be natural for each one of us. It may not come easy, and it takes time to ripen, just like fruit. Anybody that's grown any kind of a fruit tree, you know you have a lot of process before you are able to go out and pick that fruit. Um, But what you do, you keep tending that tree. If you do not tend a garden, it gets overrun with weeds, and you do not reap the crop. What does tend mean? It's to apply oneself to the care of. You care. If you've got a garden and that's all you, you live by that garden, you feed your family, you're going to be out working that garden every day. You're going to tend it. You're going to care for it. You're going to make sure the roots are pulled up and the dirt is not crusting around those plants. You're going to water it, fertilize it. We need to have that same kind of desperation about this fruit in our lives, to be desperate for it. Lord, I want to be more like you and not let it be our little churchy religious cliches we use. We got a lot of little churchy cliches. We say, oh, I want to be like Jesus. Well, we're going to talk about where the rubber meets the road. What does that mean? There's going to be times it's going to be a sacrifice to be like him. There's going to be times you're going to be caught off guard. This is where we say our fruit's being squeezed. And in those times, we're going to find out how undeveloped the fruit is. That's good. That's not bad. This is not meant to condemn us. I have to be honest. Years ago, when the Lord would show me things about myself, i just come unglued. I just I was, had so low self-esteem that I'd just fall to pieces. Well, somewhere along the line, we've got to grow, and we've got to mature, and we've got to have some thick skin about ourselves. And we've got to realize one thing first, that he loves us no matter what, with all our faults and failures, he loves us. 
Are you worshiping or raising your hand? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I was thinking about how we also have to be careful to um, guard our hearts. We have to, we, when you think about how the elements can affect the growth of the fruit, that's the same thing when you're amongst people in the world and even some people that are in the church. You have to guard your heart that you don't take on attributes of those things around you that would affect the quality of your fruit. And that helps. what helps with that a lot of times is study. Read the Word of God and pray. Lord, bring to my understanding. Help me to protect myself that these things don't, especially in this, because we have so much deception out there now that we can almost believe a lie. It even talks about the very elect being deceived. Um, oh, see, I'm not used to this. New. <laughs> there are many habits, there are many habits that we all have that are detrimental to our Christian witness. Out there on that highway and you're laying all up on the horn. But next week, that person that was beside you and you're like, you need to get the car off the road. They are in church. Somebody invited them. Now what do you think is going to, we laugh, but what do you think they're going to do when they see your face? Well, they may not come back. And we may lose a soul over our prideful, I got to have my right and express it moment and lose somebody over that. There's going to be times when God prunes us. For those gardeners out there that had trees and you prune your trees, prune means to cut off, oh, I love this, to cut off or cut back parts for a better shape or more fruitful growth. And God does prune us. And there's some things he's working on me. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. But you know what? I'm excited. Where is he taking us to when he begins to work on us? There is something about to open up in a spiritual realm. This other meaning, it says, to prune means to reduce, especially by eliminating superfluous matter. Prune away all ornamentation. We come with so much fluff. And sometimes the Lord begins to prune that fluff away. Uh, superfluous means unnecessary and obsolete and extravagant. It's all about him. I was reading a book. I, I wrote it down and I knew I'd forget. The, the Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. This was... Um, we had a gentleman here back about February that came and spoke. So I'll lead a little leadership class, and I don't remember his name. Brother Wilson, in every book he mentioned, I'd write it down, write it down. Well, I got a hold to this one, and my, it was real thin. And when I was done reading that, I was crying, Lord, no, oh, no. I can't. The Lord wants us to, he leads us, and it's step by step, piece by piece. And it's not that he's taken away all of our personality and making us into little Jesus robots. I mean, we're still going to have our temperaments, who we are, or melancholy or sanguine or whatever, and, and all our little personalities. But it's laying aside some of these things, especially our demand for our rights. And that's the hardest thing for us to do in this country. 
I think it's even harder for women than men sometimes because of the women's live movement. We demand our rights. When we come to God, we give those rights up. And the Lord will work on us a little at a time to bring us to that place where he can trust us. He cannot give us some of these things we read about. He cannot take us into these dimensions and places of the spirit if he cannot trust us. Just as we would prune a fruit tree to yield greater harvest, God does the same to us. It's painful, but that's where faith and trust will come into play. We have to trust our Heavenly Father because he knows what's best, and he has our best interest in mind. Um, we're also blessed. Anybody that's done farming and had to go out and plant the seed, you had to plow the ground and till it and turn it. and Well, we didn't have to do that. We are blessed. We didn't have to sow the seed or the fruit of the Spirit. It was something that came with the Holy Ghost. This is the character of Christ. When we received the Holy Ghost, those seeds were sown into our spirit. But we are the ones responsible for cultivating those seeds and helping them to grow and to produce. Uh, the meaning of cultivating, and this is interesting, stay with me. I know it might be a little boring, but if you listen to this, this is interesting. Cultivate means to prepare and use soil or land for growing crops. Let's change it up a little. Cultivate, to prepare and use our minds, heart, and emotions for growing the nine fruit. It's going to start up here in our minds. We're going to have to purposely work on these things. Uh, to break up the surface soil around that plant in order to destroy the weeds, prevent crusting, and preserve the moisture. These are things that we do. Psalm 51, 6 and 7 says, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. That's being transparent to God. Lay the stuff out there. <laughs> I always think it's funny that we try to hide things from God. I don't know why we do that, because he sees everything. He sees our innermost dark thoughts. And though we may be ashamed, and there's things I have to fight and struggle with that I wouldn't share with anybody in here, but I tell God about it. He already knows it, and he'll help me overcome it. Just be transparent. And in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And verse 10 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. If we call out and ask him, Lord, wash me and cleanse me, this is part of that purging. Instead of waiting for him, go ahead and take that step. Lord, cleanse me. Purge away those things that are not right, that are, that are holding me back. This kind of prayer, God will reveal those things that need to be worked on, and he will help us, but we have to conscientiously work on attitudes, thoughts, or behaviors that should not be a part of our Christian makeup. It's a part of the world. And that's where we have to decipher the difference. Do we want to be a part of this world? Or do we want to be a part of the kingdom of God? Uh, some more definitions on cultivate means to improve by care, training, or studying. Refine, to cultivate one's mind and to promote the development of or growth. Acquire and develop. Acquire means to come to have as one's own, get possession of. We should work to make the fruit of the Spirit so much a part of ourselves that it becomes our very nature. 
We should be known by these fruit. People should be able to say, I'll talk about myself because I don't know any of you well enough, but I go to the Starbucks up here all the time. And so much so, the manager's wanting to hire me. <laughs> and she says, I just know you love people, and that's so important. Well, that's something God's helping me to get out there. And that's something where the Word's going to be teaching on love. And that's something I think I've always been able to love, but it was held in because of the hurt. For those that heard my testimony way back, I was afraid to love, but it was like that desire. Well, now God, that healing, I'm on the other side of that healing now. On the other side. And now I'm just wanting to love. I'm just love, just love everything, love everybody. Just want to hug everybody. I just, I mean, I'm excited about what I feel God's doing, and he's opening things up. And will I get hurt? Yeah. But you know what? God will heal it. And we're going to keep on loving. Um, we should work to make the fruit of the Spirit so much a part of ourselves, I think I said this, that it becomes our nature to be that way. Now let's look at the meaning of so. This is the part God does in us. So means to scatter or plant, to spread, broadcast, disseminate, or propagate. Disseminate means to scatter far and wide, to spread abroad as if sowing. And propagate means to cause, to reproduce itself, to spread from one person or place to another. I think it's very interesting that God sows the fruit into our spirit, and we must work at cultivating it, but the sowing part is not meant just for us. Look at the meaning of sow again. It says to scatter, broadcast, disseminate, and that means to spread abroad. Propagate means to cause to reproduce itself, to spread from one person or place or another. We are not only to cultivate the fruit within ourselves, but to give it out to others. We share that love, joy, and peace, etc., when we allow these things to work in us, I mean, really work, we're going to affect everything and everybody around us. It's going to touch everything. It will change the atmosphere. In which you, I remember when I, the company I was working for back in Charleston, I ended up in the IT department, and it was a locked room, a secure room, because the servers were back there. And of course, I was the oldest. I was, I was mama of the group. I'd get there early and make the coffee and that kind of thing. And I would... I was a Christian, so I had a lot of love for these younger people, and that atmosphere in there changed. You could feel the difference, because they knew, and they had respect for me, and that's the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, something, and this is awesome, I hadn't even shared this with my husband. Now, I'm going to read this, so stay with me, because this is really awesome. Uh, my daughter texted this to me Monday night. I didn't see it till Tuesday morning. It's an article, a, com a columnist, did I say that right? Anyhow, she uh, wrote this about a lady we know, Terry Rowland. That's our daughter's mother-in-law. Uh, our daughter raised in church, met a young man raised in church. Terry and Larry Rowland raised their children. They're of like faith. And um, they're in Tennessee now. And this, this columnist, Ella Price, has wrote an article about Terry. And if you met her, she's very, you wouldn't... <laughs> You wouldn't think anybody write an article about her. But, uh, and she calls this, Life is Mysterious, I Love Lucy. You remember I Love Lucy? Lucy O'Ball, <laughs> hair brain. <laughs> I would like to introduce you to a very special person in my life. 
Her name is Terry. And the reason I'm sharing this, this is the exact example of the fruit of the Spirit and what it did. And the two things I wanted to bring out was, first of all, the Lord allowed this to be sent to my daughter. For me, that was a prayer saying, Wanda, I'm working. After I read this, you'll understand why. I'm working. I'm working on your children. That's a whole other thing to teach on. Look afar off and walk in faith and quit begging God for things. He is doing, he is, he hears our prayers. I I don't get this thing of keep asking God for the same thing over and over and over. Is he senile? Seriously, I can't wrap my head around it. He heard me the first time. I'm going to begin to thank him for it because he is working. I can't see everything he's doing, but he's working. But every now and then, he will do things like this to say, hey, I want you to see. I'm working. And the second thing, when this came, it was kind of like the Lord said, Wanda, I'm going to be with you. Don't be all nervous and stuff. You're going to be okay. Anyhow, it says, I would like to introduce you to a very special person in my life. Her name is Terry. But on occasions, I affectionately call her Lucy. Terry is unlike anyone I have ever known, which says a lot because I've traveled our country and made friends with people from all walks of life and faith. Terry, however, beats her own drum. She is not someone you would typically say is cool. She is not a trendy dresser, probably does not know the name of one single designer. That's Terry, too. She only wears skirts or dresses of the modest length below her knee. Her hair is kept long and uncut, and on the most days, she wears it pulled back in a braided bun. Her appearance has some people ask me if Terry is Amish or Mennonite. She's not. She is, very, she is a very accomplished cook and makes everything from scratch. She even makes her own flour, and she does. I remember this. It is no secret that I love to cook, but I have no clue how one goes about making their own flour. Do you take a wheat stalk to a grinding wheel? <laughs> All I can say is, I will not be making my own flour anytime soon, but my friend Terry does. Even more interesting to me than the fact that she makes everything from scratch is that she has not watched a television show or seen a TV since the 1980s. I think this is lit neat how this lady's picked this up and how she portrays it in such a beautiful way. She and her husband own a television, and she watches, he watches it on occasion, but she chooses not to watch. Sometimes I forget that she does not go to the movies or watch television, and I will talk about something I've seen recently, only to realize she does not know the program I'm talking about or has no clue what the actor's in it. Shamelessly, I am someone who loves television and movies and would probably win a trivia game when it comes to Hollywood gossip. In fact, there are a lot of things about Terry and me that are different, yet we are friends. Maybe we get along because we're both clumsy and a little airheaded. Hence her nickname, Lucy. I had to let her know I wanted to write a column about her, more or less, to get her approval. When I told her, she laughed. At first she said, there was nothing to write about. And then she said, as she laughed louder, and this time with a faint snort, oh no, you're going to tell everyone about all my Lucy moments. I assured her that her Lucy moments were safe with me, but truthfully, hers are no worse than the time I was frantically looking for my phone as I was talking to my husband on the very phone I was looking for. (laughs) And I've done that before. (laughs) Where's my phone? (laughs) 
<laughs> Lucy moments aside, I have had the pleasure to see Terry interact with people of all ages, and everyone she meets instantly falls in love with her, including young people. For all practical purposes, Terry, a middle-aged woman, does not seem to be someone teenagers would have anything in common with. She knows nothing of the Kardashians or any other modern pop culture icons. She does not own a pair of Air Jordans, and she does not tolerate bad language or bad behavior, and she even sings silly songs. Yet, by all standards, teenagers should not want to hang around Terry. Except they do. In fact, they love Terry. Terry is unique. Everything she does is done with love. I would love somebody to be able to write an article like that about me. She follows her heart, and she wears her heart for everyone to see. Her smile is infectious, and it can light up a room. She sometimes snorts when she laughs, and she laughs a lot. That's the joy. If Terry tried to pretend to be someone she wasn't, it would come off as fake. And the one thing she is not is fake. If she acted like someone who loved the movies or had her hair cut in a modern style, it would not be her. If she wore fancy jewelry or kept up with the latest trends, it would not be her. If she did things just to impress other people, she would not be true to herself. Simply put, Terry would not be Terry, and everyone loves her just the way she is. Terry, quite frankly, is the coolest not cool person I ever know. <laughs> I have long held the belief that if you live true to yourself and let the real you shine, others will see that light and be drawn to it like a moth to a flame. Now think about that for a minute. I lost my place. <laughs> Hold on, I'll, I'll get there. Terry further proves that being authentic is attractive. It breaks down walls and it builds bridges. I'm not saying that we should all wear long hair and not wear pants, nor am I saying we should no longer watch television or go to the movies. I just find it refreshing in a world that judges people by the home they live in, the cars they drive, the clothes they wear, or the career they have that a pure heart can still outshine the biggest diamond ring. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Matthew 5.16 The next time you hear someone say, I love Lucy, think of Terry, and remember to be yourself. You just never know who you might attract. That is what the fruit of the Spirit will do. That is a testimony to the fruit of the Spirit. I believe the Lord wants us to not only show his power gifts and the gifts of the, the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Spirit, but he wants us character to be first and foremost. He wants us to show that before. That should precede. Sometimes we get the cart before the horse. Um, Joyce said, people may see the gifts operating in us, but most of the time they look closer, inspecting our fruit to see whether it's good before opening themselves up to receive from us. 
when we show people that what we have is real, then they will listen to what we say and be receptive to what the Holy Spirit wants to give them through us. In the Song of Solomon, the second chapter, it talks about those little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the same with us. You're in the grocery store and somebody bumps you. Or you're out there on the highway and somebody cuts you off. Or somebody cuts in line in front of you. Our responses are like those little foxes. We must remember we're being watched, not by God only. He's watching. But other people are watching us. Let us work hard to show them the love and the mercy and the long-suffering. The Bible tells us we are letters of Christ read by all men. Sometimes the only Bible they're going to see is in us. And I don't mean preaching at them. I mean living it. Let them see the word by your life, the way you live. After a frustrating day and you've had one of these incidents and somebody's cut you off and you laid on the horn and wait till you get home before you uh, let that frustration out. Wait till you get home, go out in the backyard, go in a room somewhere and, and let the steam off. Try to wait, self-control. But don't, don't take it out on your family or your family pet. <laughs> in fact, home should be the first place you practice these fruits. And sometimes we've been nice all day long. And when we get home, we're sick and tired of being nice. And the whole thing falls apart. It should start there and flow out from there. And remember, the more you practice this, the more it's going to be a part of you, and it won't be hard work. It'll become who you are. That's the whole point of this thing, is to be like him to be identified with him. Um, but better yet, the best thing to do is when you get home, and I know this is hard for mothers at work, you have children, um, trying to find five minutes when you walk in that door, you've got dinner to fix, you've got kids that's got to do homework, you've got a load of laundry to throw in, five minutes is a lot of time for you. But if you could just take the kids, put them at the table and give them some fruit or something, set them down and go in the bathroom, lock the door. Take two or three minutes and go in there and just say, Lord, I need your peace. It's been a hectic day. And I've worked so hard, Lord, to portray you. I've swallowed my pride. I stepped back from my rights. And I represented you with everything I've got. And I'm a little exhausted, a little ragged. I need some peace because I need to keep this spirit going in my home. And I believe if you have worked to portray that fruit, that God's going to give you the peace that you need for the rest of the day for your family. Um, George said, we are to go out into the world and let the Holy Spirit flow through us to show people God's love and patience, kindness and goodness and the other fruit by focusing on the importance God places on developing the fruit of his spirit, we will find that a door for the release of our gifts will swing open. God will open the door. Once again, he brings us to a place where he can trust us and he can give us things because he knows that we're going to be operating out of love for him and for people. Remember, just because we've lived for God for many years does not mean we've necessarily let the fruit operate as we should. We have to purposely focus on that. Some fruit's going to be more challenging than others. As I said, it depends on our personalities and temperaments. Yeah, some things it's hard for some people, and some people are just plumb nice. But the rest of us? 
Uh, one thing I like to add here is that all this happens through prayer, not by the arm of the flesh. We have got to pray. The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks our wisdom. But he trembles when we pray. That was Samuel Chadwick. We can be so busy about God's business. I'll share something. I shared this with Sister Ward and Rhonda. It's been months ago now after one of our Tuesday prayers. And just and Lord and like I said, the Lord is really since I've been here, this is this is a healing church. This church has a spirit of healing and restoration in it. I don't know if you realize that. But it's a perfect place for someone to come and be restored and receive healing. It's fertile ground here. You folks are very loving. You, you have a lot of the fruit of the Spirit operating in this church. Kindness, your long-suffering. Where was I going? Oh, <laughs> the story. Thank you, Thank you Rhonda. <laughs> And, uh, and I have been just, the Lord has restored some things in me. I am so hungry for God. And I'm wanting to grow. And I have to pull back and say, okay, Lord, help me not to run ahead. Let you lead me. Um, and something laid in my heart. I love reading and studying now. It's like everything else has fallen to the side. And I just want to read and study everything I can about God. And something he spoke to my heart. He said, Wanda, don't be so busy reading about me and studying about me that you don't talk to me. we got to be so careful. I thought that was so awesome. He wants so much for us to pull aside and to spend some time with him. Think about the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve didn't fall on their knees and start praying. God came down and walked with them and spent time with them. He is hungry for that fellowship with us. Um, I said ending with this, but I think I have another paragraph. Something that's important to remember, that our gifts and talents and abilities are not worth two cents if we have not developed the fruit of the Spirit. We must always operate out of love for God and people. It's not about us. It's about Him. Some people may say trying to portray the fruit is not who they are. When we become a part of God's family, we basically give up our rights and say, it's not about me anymore, it's about him. Practicing allowing God's spirit to move through us through the fruit is not being fake. You may feel like you're being fake in the beginning, being something you're not. But if you'll keep working at it, it will become part of your character. Who you are. Letting our rights, and this is, listen to this, letting our rights go is letting his character show through us instead of our character. And that has to be a choice. Letting our rights go is letting his character show through us instead of our character. We have to make a choice. Who do we want to show that day? And this was something the Lord just with everything going on all this stuff. We may wonder at a time like now, all the mass shootings and the catastrophes, lost children and grandchildren. How in the world do we operate in this fruit, especially joy and peace? 
it comes back to prayer. We must trust Jesus, that he is in control and he is working. His heart is grieved over the pain of humanity. He is grieved. But his shoulders are much bigger than ours. And we're not to walk around outside and off our knees and outside the walls of the church with this face of intercessory prayer like we're going to buckle underneath the pain we see around us. That is not going to win any of the hurting people out there, folks. They're already carrying a load. They don't want your load. That's why when we fall on our knees, we give God our heartaches and our pain and our worries and our fears and all these things that we hear on the news. We have to lay them at his feet. And when we get up, we then have the love and the joy. We should have a smile on our face. And if you have to fake it, fake it. I faked it for years. I walked around with this dumb grin on my face. People said, you look so happy. I said, I'm trying to convince my brain. (laughs) It worked. (laughs) But my final thing is leave it with him. And something else I did too. I almost forgot. When I started studying this, I wrote all nine fruits down, a little index card. I'm an index card girl. got scriptures and stuff like this. This is in my kitchen window, in my truck. Road rage. <laughs> my nightstand, it's by my, my, uh, in the living room where I sit at. I keep that with me. You know why? To remind me. Because sometimes this old flesh can get strong if we let it. Well, praise the Lord. I'm done. <laughs>